today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Economic forecast for 2023. This is going to be a pivotal year. Uh, we're still in the pandemic. We get that. And there are some residual effects of shutdowns and, and layoffs and a number of things that have happened over the last three years. Uh, but the Ontario Chamber has uh, done some analysis of this and uh, come out with a report uh, that basically uh, could serve as a roadmap for economic growth into 2023. Joining us to talk about this is uh, Daniel Safiani, who is the uh, Vice President of Policy with the Ontario Chamber. Uh, Daniel, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time today. Good morning, Bill. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, listen, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this, it's a fascinating report, by the way. There's some interesting ideas here. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining you're very disappointed in the Ontario government's decision yesterday to uh, uh, not continue with the uh, the staycation tax credit for the tourism industry. I, I know that I, I give them credit for initiating it, uh, and I think it was a pretty effective tool. Uh, they're not out of the woods yet, and they still could have used that. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, you're absolutely right, Bill. We did release a report on this Tuesday as well. It's been a yep. busy week for us at the Chamber, um, a comprehensive set of recommendations to help support the growth of the industry. In that report, we absolutely did call for this tax credit uh, to become permanent. So yeah, we are absolutely disappointed in today's decision and would, you know, be curious as to what informed that decision as well. Um, you know, if it was low program uptake, then let's see the data around that. From the consultations we did, this was a tax credit that was very helpful to not only directly supporting the industry, Bill, but, you know, when you encourage domestic tourism, you're supporting local art, local small businesses, local restaurants. Folks come to those communities, they spend, they dine out. Uh, so there's a ripple effect with uh, credits like these. So, uh, you know, we look forward to working with the government to, you know, better understand their thinking of this and look for other ways we can hopefully incentivize that domestic and inbound travel as well. Yeah, and I, more to come on this later, I'm sure. But I mean, and one of the big takeaways from the report you guys did that was released earlier this week was uh, the, the industry still down 35% from where they were before the pandemic. So there's a lot of work still to be done and a lot of support that's going to be needed, which, by the way, uh, segues us very nicely into this report uh, about economic growth. Uh, and I, I guess the theme here, Daniel, if I could, is is basically uh, we're looking to government here to 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 firm up the foundation to to promote economic growth. Uh, you've got a lot of business people that are ready, willing, and able to roll up their sleeves and get to work here, uh, but you need modernization of, of critical infrastructure. There's a, there's a number of things that government can and probably should be doing here. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess what we're saying here is let's, let's take a step back. We realize. You know, the last couple of years has been very reactive as a result of the pandemic. A number of programs and supports were hurriedly and in many cases appropriately rushed out the door. We haven't really had a moment, both nationally and provincially, to think about what our long-term strategy for economic growth looks like. And the economic backdrop here is rising interest rates and inflation, constrained supply chains, uh, workforce shortages, which continue to hamper uh, the ability of businesses to expand and grow. And then there's these fears of a loose, uh, recession that loom large as well. And so that's why now more than ever, it's critical for the Ontario government and the federal government, although this document speaks more to what can be done at the provincial level, to develop a coherent and coordinated strategy for long-term economic growth. And that's what we've outlined in a high-level two-page document. You know, what are those levers of growth and what are those key things that government can do right now and in the future uh, to help us along that path? 
And, and a lot of the stuff is stuff that you guys have mentioned before. Uh, it's all included in this report. But, I mean, you know, immigration, of course, and, and, and basically cutting through some of the red tape that still seems to exist when it comes to some of these areas uh, that, uh, that I think, you know, really underscores the need that a lot of what needs to be done is already in place. It's just not being used as efficiently as it could be. Absolutely. A lot of this is things that we've talked about together on your show over this last year. There are things that are top of mind for all of us, whether we're in the policy space or, uh, you know, as a, as a consumer trying to navigate these things. Um, and you're right, Bill, a lot of this is just about marrying together some of what's already been done. But in other aspects, it's about being purposeful in the government intent and policy you know so like one of the things we're calling for here uh perhaps not the most uh widely uh accessible thing for folks but being bold on interprovincial trade right now there are barriers between us and our surrounding provinces that make labor mobility and interprovincial trade harder and on average this is adding seven percent to the cost of goods in canada these are this is a self-inflicted wound um and when you're talking about rising inflation and interest rates and people feeling that pinch in their wallets, you know, looking to drop those barriers interprovincially could be huge. Uh, modernizing regulation. We know we can move on uh, regulatory change very quick because the government was actually fairly agile over the last couple of years from the pandemic. So let's take those learnings. Let's apply them to help the industry grow. Um, otherwise, our productivity deficit is going to continue to grow, and we risk falling behind in the global competition uh, for talent and to attract investment uh, to our province and country. And there's another headline here in, in the report that I wanted you to touch on because you and I have had this conversation in the past. Uh, we don't live in a vacuum here in Ontario or in Canada, for that matter. Uh, other countries are, are facing some of the similar challenges, and other countries are doing things about it. And, and uh, the, the big one that comes to mind, of course, is our neighbors to the south. Uh, the Biden administration has enacted a number of different tax incentives and other programs like that to try to get business back on track. Uh, we've got to stay competitive and, and we have to study what they're doing and, and see what we can do, not necessarily to, to mirror what they're doing, but we've got to give our businesses a, that, that kind of advantage in a level playing field. Absolutely. And there's plenty more we can do to align our fiscal and tax policy uh, with a growth agenda here in the province. And there's more that the province can do as well in terms of pressuring the federal government to modernize uh, their tax system, which has been something that's been um, on the docket as well. But when you're talking about, um, you know, the global competition uh, for talent and keeping up with, uh, you know, the CHIP Act and some of the things that has happened south of the border, um, a key thing here in Ontario is going to make sure that we are investing in growth enabling infrastructure. And, you know, from roads to housing, Ontario's built environment needs to be climate resilient, energy efficient, and informed by smart planning principles to ensure that we can actually support the population and economic growth that are going to be needed for decades to come. Um, but that needs to be underpinned by, you know, the physical infrastructure, um, which includes, uh, you know, both digital and physical. Well, and we've been a little lax and, and, you know, I understand that because of pandemic, we've had other priorities and, and government money's had to be channeled off into other directions. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if we're going to start talking about supply chains and, and trying to strengthen those, uh, the tools for those supply chains, as you say, roads, uh, short sea shipping, a number of different initiatives like that, uh, are going to have to 
well, they need a shot in the arm, just about every aspect of, of that part of it, uh, to make sure that we produce goods and get goods to market in a timely fashion. Absolutely here. And, and Bill, the one thing I would stress is that this is not a document that suggests we need to spend our way to an economic growth uh, strategy. You know, improved value for money in government is paramount. Spending must be, be effective in meeting outcomes and stimulating desired activities um, and the growth agenda that we are putting in front of them. Um, but there's a lot we can do right now at the stroke of the pen um, from a policy and regulatory standpoint to reduce barriers to growth. Uh, this doesn't cost us anything. This is outdated legislation. It's policy and regulation. It's an inefficient and overly complex tax system. It's these obstacles to interprovincial trade and labor mobility that I just mentioned. You know, these are things that uh, we don't need to wait around. There isn't a big uh, price tag attached to them, if at all. Um, and uh, we risk ignoring these uh, uh, these issues at our own detriment when it comes to economic growth in the province, which is exactly what we're going to need when we look at a year ahead like the one that we are potentially confronting. Well, and I know that one of the key elements that you've talked about at the Ontario Chamber and, and governments have talked about too is restoring consumer confidence. And I think history shows us that the best way to do that, the most effective way to do that is is, is success breeds success. We've got to have some wins here. Uh, and, and that may require uh, some set of programs and some, some government action on things like this. But as, as we see more successes and we see some of that economic growth, it, it t- tends to spur even more. Absolutely. Um, it is uh, it is absolutely critical to have both consumer confidence and business confidence. Uh, in absence of that, it's going to be very difficult to both encourage consumers to go out there and spend comfortably and businesses to invest and hire, both which are going to be critical to economic growth. And you know, one of the things that we would hope to look forward to be talking to you about early in the new year, Bill, is uh, we're in market right now, having surveyed uh, our members writ large about what their confidence is right now, looking at the year ahead, what's top of mind for them in terms of issues. And that's really going to inform our policy and advocacy agenda over the next year to ensure that the areas we're pushing on are the areas that are going to have the biggest bang for our buck in terms of um, restoring business and consumer confidence, which has, you know, understandably uh, taken a hit over the last couple of years. And I think specifically over the last couple of months uh, with some of the inflation and rising interest rates that are hitting us uh, all in various different ways, whether that's at the gas pumps or in the grocery stores. Exactly. Well, we look forward to those conversations. As always, Daniel, thank you so much for this. Uh, They can go to the Ontario Chamber webpage uh, and get more details on this. Daniel Safiani is the president of policy uh, for the uh, Ontario Chamber of Commerce. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.